What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw. And today we're joined by a fan favorite, our uh, you know salary cap guru, uh, Brad Kalir. And we're glad to have him back on the show to talk about some breaking news in the world of all sports, but mostly the NFL. And today we're going to be talking about the new contract for Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes which has now set him as the highest-paid North American athlete of all time. So kind of diving into all sports, but mostly focusing on this Patrick Mahomes contract today and talking about what it means to the NFL, what it means for the Chiefs, and what it means for also Patrick Mahomes. So we're going to go ahead and welcome Brad to the show. So Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Looking forward to talking about Mahomes' contract. Really interesting and you know this is big i mean patrick mahomes is 24 years old um you know in two years as a starter he's led uh the chiefs to an afc championship game and then a super bowl uh win this past season and also an mvp award so you know we were all expecting this contract i mean after that first year that he was a starter we knew it was going to be massive but we didn't think it was going to be this big yeah, no. Um, but I think it's interesting because what Patrick Mahomes had here was, frankly, the most leverage that any quarterback has had as far as a new contract is concerned. So it was really interesting to think of when this deal would happen, how it would be structured, how the length and term, uh, how long or short it would have been. Uh, so it was, I thought, I, initially when I saw the report, I was surprised to see it be. Uh, a ten-year extension on top of the two twenty-seven or two years twenty-seven million left on his current contract for it to basically be a twelve-year contract. So, and then the structure as well. I was we can get into that more, but you know it wasn't a structure that would reset the market, so to speak, and it wasn't necessarily a, a an amount of money that would re- that would reset the market, so to speak. But at the same time, it's such an incredible amount of money that. Really, who cares? Because he's getting almost half a billion dollars. And at the same time, it will allow the Chiefs, since this is, in my opinion, a team-friendly contract, this will allow the team to retain and add more talent in years to come, especially when the cap is higher due to larger league television distribution rights and legal betting money coming into the league over the next decade. Yeah, and, the, you know, we were back and forth, Brad, when, you know, the the news broke that – Mahomes going to get that contract and the initial reports just said 10-year extension and like you said it's adding on that other two left on his current contract but when the first report came out they said you know at least 400 million dollars and then you know they said at least 427.6 million dollars but the final deal is a 10-year worth up to 503 million dollars so I mean yeah so just take from the numbers all together. We have two for twenty-three left. Yeah, and we're adding ten years for fifty million. So that puts us at twelve years and or twenty-seven million. I, I may have butchered the number there, but that puts us at twelve years for four hundred seventy-seven million. And then he has each year one point two five million dollars in incentives that are based on him either winning the MVP or winning the Super Bowl, which two and a half million a year times ten. $25 million, and that's how we get to the $503 million number. Um, and yeah, and the guarantees basically are set up where it's roster bonuses every year, 
that will guarantee the money in future years, a couple of years in advance. And really looking at it, the, the Chiefs are basically tied to keeping him because it's either you guarantee uh, whatever his salary is for the year or you're basically um, having a buyout of $70 million. So in the grand scheme of things, the whole contract is practically guaranteed. And yeah, I think we get more into the nitty gritty, but more or less you got a practically fully guaranteed contract. I think it's very possible we see a renegotiation in five to six years from now. He has a very high... Uh, cap number, I believe, in year six. Um, and I don't expect this contract to be fully carried out with him not renegotiating or the contract not being altered. I mean, you can look at Kirk Cousins, for example. The last year of his just got ripped up and he got a new uh, three-year deal on top of his current deal. So it's a very interesting contract. It's team-friendly, so the Chiefs will be able to retain talent. And... I think it actually is a positive for other teams needing to re-sign their quarterbacks, like the Texans and the Cowboys, because the best quarterback in the league took a super long term, and he didn't reset the structure of how quarterbacks are paid within the league. Yeah, that's that was a, long. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. I mean, that's good points you made with you know other teams with you know Deshaun Watson's uh, contract coming up, and then Dak Prescott having those ongoing negotiations back and forth with the Cowboys. And you know, if he can get one done with Dallas, of course, and what those two will look like. But going back to Mahomes, that guaranteed mechanism for his contract is going to be the $477 million. And you talk about it being a team-friendly deal for Kansas City um, in terms of being able to you know, get talent later on uh, within these 10 years. But if you look at it, kind of like a breakdown with that guaranteed money, as you go forward with each league year, um, the guaranteed money for Mahomes is going to keep going up. So, you know, like in, yes. in 2022, um, Mahomes will get $70 million, uh, or have, the Chiefs will have to pay Mahomes $70 million to get out of his contract. So yes, exactly. that's what you're kind of referring to. to you know, have, they'll probably have to restructure this later on in, uh, you know, five years down the road, which I definitely agree with because, you know, looking at it and – 2026, if he gets cut, he will have a five-year, $247 million extension, and he'll get a guaranteed another $55 million. Yeah, it's it's set up in a way where the contract is practically guaranteed, and as we mentioned, the percentage of the cap that his salary will take up will decrease as the years go on, and again, around that six-year mark, where I, I don't know the exact cap number, but I want to say it's in the high 40s. That point is where I can see it, where maybe we look at, you know, the next five, six years and we renegotiate that deal so there's a higher percentage of the cap that Mahomes' salary takes up. You know, I just... To see Mahomes, if he was going to take this long of a deal, tie his salary to a percentage of the cap... Um, he didn't do that, and I think if he had done that, that would have really reset the market as far as quarterback money is concerned. You know, because we're looking at it, it's a super long deal of $45 million a year on an annual basis. So I think that, you know, I think if he had taken a short-term deal, he could have gotten himself something like maybe three for like 130 or so. But to see him take that long of a deal, it keeps the quarterback market relatively um, in place as it was. Uh, just to get more technical with it, I'm looking at um, there's a really great article on Over the Cap about the cash flow as far as um, over a certain amount of years of Mahomes' contract. And 
it's not as if he got a ton of money initially to sign this long-term deal like we see in a lot of contracts like with Aaron Rodgers and other quarterbacks. You know, and his cash flow in two years is lower than that of Russell Wilson and Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers, who I just mentioned, and Carson Wentz. And after year three, it's slightly below Russell Wilson's. And by year four, it's more than those aforementioned contracts. But it's in a relatively similar range. So he didn't reset the market on a cap percentage structure. And the early cash flow is not that great as well. So it's really not that groundbreaking of a deal as far as how quarterbacks will be compensated moving forward, which keeps the market relatively the same and will only really change just as far as when the cap grows, the annual salary of quarterbacks will grow with it. Uh, you kind of mentioned a part uh, with like his contract being tied to salary percentage. And yes. that's what the you know first rumors about this deal is what we were expecting is how he is going to get a percentage of the salary cap. And just for the viewers understanding what would that have looked like if they would have went with that route instead of going with the guaranteed route? So basically let's say he could have signed a however long contract and instead of his salary being say $45 million a year, whatever it would have been, they could have decided on arbitrary number here. His salary is 19% of the cap, whatever the cap is for that year. So that way it would have basically allowed him to take advantage of the market as it evolves over time, rather than, you know, taking a long-term deal and potentially being underpaid or on a street or on an extremely valuable deal. And how would that have looked for like quarterbacks in the future who are looking for contracts? It would have been hard for them to be a guy who would reset the market if year after year, the cap keeps going up and Mahomes is getting a percent of that. But instead of, you know, getting the guarantee and being the set amount for other quarterbacks in the future, you know, looking to yeah, get into contracts. I remember Russell Wilson a few years ago. I really wanted to see him do the percentage of the cap. That didn't happen. But if uh, Mahomes had gotten a percentage of the cap, I think it's very possible Deshaun, Deshaun Watson would have gotten a percentage of the cap, just a slightly lower percentage. I don't think that's in play now because I don't think, and this was said, the Chiefs did not want to go that route. I don't think teams want to go this route where they upend how their quarterbacks are paid. But if Mahomes had done it, that could have set off a trend for other contracts coming due in the coming years. And another interesting point about uh, Mahomes' new contract is the five-year you know, injury grace guarantee that he's getting from this contract. So if he gets injured in the first five years of this new contract, he'll be getting $140 guaranteed million. Yes, so pretty hefty amount. Yeah. And you know, that helps a guy on a, on a 10-year deal if you know he gets hurt and his play goes down. That's a $340 million that you know, he can kind of live with and see what happens. But uh, with this 10-year deal, you know, it's just some other quarterbacks in you know, recent history who have gotten a 10-year deal. You know, you had Brett Favre and Drew Bledsoe in 2001. Donovan McNabb signed a 12-year deal in 2002. Dante Culpepper and Michael Vick both signed 10-year deals. And none of them played out their full 10 years. So how would this be for Patrick Mahomes, you know, 10 years is a long contract and a long time with a team. And do you think he can play out the full 10 years with this new contract? I think he will, if he doesn't get hurt, he'll definitely play um, in terms of years, the duration of the contract. But like we talked about earlier, you know, I think we're both in agreement that at some point there's going to be some sort of uh, renegotiation with this contract. Um, 
But as far as him playing the rest of his career, oh, yeah, I definitely think he's playing another 12 years for sure. Oh, yeah. That's like all the people like posting all the stuff on Twitter or whatever, having, you know, old guys, like an old man gif, and it's like Patrick Mahomes when his 10-year contract's over. But you got to remember, in 10 years, Patrick Mahomes will be 34 years old, two years younger than Aaron Rodgers is right now. Yeah. So, so he's not going anywhere in 10 years. No. And he's still, as we mentioned, super young. This is basically, but if there's, a, if there's another renegotiation, it's this contract and one other contract, really, for the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, as far as him playing out the extension term with the team, unlike those other quarterbacks you mentioned, I think he's playing out the extension term with the team. I just don't think the contract stays exactly as is for that whole time. Yeah, and I think uh, I think he'll he'll keep the ten years, and like we said, they'll definitely probably renegotiate the price, and you know, kind of how this guarantees really play out throughout the ten years. But yeah, like you said, we're both in agreement on that. Yeah, and looking at the guarantees again, as we said, um, there if Patrick Mahomes stays exactly as he is, which he is going to if he does not have a catastrophic injury. This contract is basically fully guaranteed without it being stated as such because, again, based on the guarantee mechanisms or whatever they're calling them, the roster bonuses basically guarantee his contract years in advance. And look at the incentives, too. I mentioned those earlier. I think those are very reachable incentives considering it's a team-friendly contract. Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Mahomes very well could be the greatest of all time by the time it's all said and done. The Chiefs are going to be able to continuously build out their team with a lot of talent and compete for Super Bowls every year. And Mahomes is going to be in contention for the MVP, along with Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson and other quarterbacks every single year. So you keep saying it's a, t- a team-friendly deal, so you don't see any you know, negative repercussions from you know, how large this contract is and the, the years to come and offseason to come when new deals come up for players you know, like Miko Hardman, in three years, or you know, Clyde over to Lair in four years if he pans out and being a good running back. Oh, uh, we but we can't pay running backs big money. We know that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, looking short term for the Chiefs, it's looking looking good. And you know, the only issue they have right now is probably Chris Jones. But you know, offensively, yeah. they got a rookie running Chris back. Is- they already yeah. uh, figured out the contract with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Those two are set. And then you got Miko Hardman, and then you got a new deal, uh, short-term, very team-friendly, um, with Sammy Watkins. So offensively, it's already set around Patrick Mahomes. But looking in toward you know maybe five years to come, is this still going to be the case for the Chiefs? Um, sorry, can you repeat the question there. Like, is is it still going to be as team-friendly as it's looking right now? And you know, yeah, five I years. Yeah, I think so. If anything, I think it'll get more team-friendly because the NFL's television rights are coming up and even though the circumstances that we are in obviously have altered the landscape greatly i anticipate those rights will be more by a pretty significant margin than they are currently at and legalized sports betting and gambling will allow the league to get a percentage of that so i think we could see the cap rise pretty significantly which just based on that there if his salary is where it's at it's a lower percentage of the cap which means they have more room at their disposal so I think it becomes more team-friendly um, at least in the next five to six years as the years go on, as we get hopefully a return to close to normalcy, and hopefully uh, the league can, for their sake, 
reap the benefits of legalized sports betting and greater TV rights. Um, but as far as Chris Jones, just because you mentioned him, I wanted to touch on that. I think this is probably the last, actually not probably, I'd be pretty surprised if this is not the last year of Chris Jones being on the Chiefs. Yeah, it's going to be hard to, you know, kind of figure out a new deal. And, you know, I wonder what he was thinking when he heard the news broke, because he's been working, you know, ever since the season ended trying to get a new contract with the Chiefs, and then they just kind of lean over and spend all their time with Mahomes and give him this monster deal. I wonder what, you know, his kind of mindset is right now with the team. I think you'd have to look out with Jones. I think they had two options. They either had the option of going the uh, kind of like what the 49ers did with DeForest Buckner, where they could have traded him this offseason uh, for a nice asset in terms of draft capital, and that would have been that. But they're going the route of just barely getting in under the cap. Um, he'll play out another year, and then when he's a free agent next year, they could get a nice uh, third-round compensatory draft pick for him signing elsewhere. I think that's the route that ends up happening. Yeah, I could really see that with, you know, getting a commissary pick for him if they, you know, have to let him go for this situation. But uh, going back to another thing I want to mention with Mahomes, and, you know, the next two years, like I said, will look good. And, you know, we're, we said already that he has a two years remaining of his current contract, which I think will really help out with the Chiefs, you know, because that means his cap jump or his cap won't jump until 2022. Yeah. So, so for this year, you got, you know, the COVID thing and, you know, if they're going to pay players or not, which will be good keeping his cash low this year. And then next year will be that last year of that rookie deal he had. And that one's still relatively low compared to where it'll jump in 2022. So that gives yeah. that gives the Chiefs and the league to have a, a year cushion um, after the COVID, you know, aftermath and, you know, what's going to happen this year with fans and, fans in attendance and ticket sales and all that kind of stuff. And if the ca- uh, salary cap might go down a little bit, they'll still be relatively there's good. Gonna be, yeah. yeah. There's going to have to be some sort of um, mechanism and agreement with the league and the NFL Players Association on how they're going to account for the loss in revenue as far as the salary cap is concerned. Because if, we're to all, if it was to all drop at once, we would see really a situation where there's just a flood of veterans released. They probably have to smooth the losses over a couple of years, which is something that the NBA will probably have to do as well. Um, you know, it's still no guarantee we even have football this year. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as far as what you said with his cap numbers for the next two years, they're basically the same as they were. So, And that's a huge win for the Chiefs also, keeping yeah. those cap numbers relatively the same in the short term. So we kind of, like I already touched on this, but I just want to bring back – uh, back up what you talked about earlier with, you know, similar large-scale um, market-setting contracts. And, you know, with Aaron Rodgers in 2018, he signed a four-year, $134 million deal. And then Russell Wilson in 2019 signed a four-year, $140 million deal. Yeah. And, you know, what I thought was interesting with both those deals, it kind of chokeholded both teams when it comes to, like, the free agents they had in the yes. last three mm-hmm. years. And, you know, we said the good thing with Mahomes' deal is that the Chiefs won't be chokeholded like we saw with the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. Because, you know, Green Bay missed out on um, Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, Jordy Nelson, Jared Cook, Randall Cobb. And then Seattle missed out on pretty much the entire Legion of Boom and, you know, Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham on offense. So both those teams took huge blows because of these record-breaking contracts. 
But that is the good thing with this new Mahomes deal and how they worked it is, you know, neither one of those teams – or the Chiefs won't have to do what neither one yeah. of those teams went through mm-hmm. in those off seasons. Yeah, and you can see that the Seahawks, they compensated for it in uh, the draft prior to this. They traded down a ton, made a ton of draft picks, added draft capital um, into this year's draft. So they compensated for that by just getting quantity of young players in there. Um but like you said, it doesn't destroy the Chiefs' cap outlook. Whereas, you know, with the Seahawks, you know, Jimmy Graham washed, Doug Baldwin was a retired player. But again, like you said, the way that they had to build their team out based on the contract was we need a ton of young players in here. So we need to trade down. And, and I'm a big proponent of the trading down, but they need to trade down and get quantity of young players in there. Um, Frank Clark, for example, it cost them with the Kansas City Chiefs trade. Um, so. You know, I, I think that we're not going to see that to that extent with the Chiefs because, again, it doesn't really change it in the short term. They're up against the cap now anyway. But in the coming years, before there's a renegotiation, if things get to normal and greater revenue comes in, they'll be able to retain players as they come due, um, like you mentioned, me, Cole Hardman, and others. So being able to, you know, keep all these players, not be put into a situation where you got to trade players away, you know, depending on what happens with Chris, uh, with Chris Jones, but for short term, short term, and then eventual long term with the Chiefs, they're pretty much set now with probably the best quarterback in the or the best quarterback in the league, probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Their time is now, and yeah. you know it's really interesting. James Jones on um, ESPN said that he's setting the over under Super Bowls within the next ten years at three with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I might take the over on that. Yeah. I think I'm going to take the over on that one. And, you know, the AFC is getting pretty much weaker and weaker every year. You just have younger teams starting to build up, but the older dominant teams, you know, like Pittsburgh and New England are kind of folding down. So the Chiefs are right in the thick of things right now. For the next five years, they can come out of this with three Super Bowls. Yeah, and we look at it, it's going to be fun. The two best teams, in my opinion, in the whole league are in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Ravens. So it should be fun to see – you know, the MVP from last year, in my opinion, the third best quarterback in the league, uh, the most well-ran organization in the league in the Ravens, uh, the best team in the league with the best player in the league in the Chiefs. So that'll be a fun rivalry for years to come because these two teams are both built up for long-term sustainable success. And at, when it's all said and done, if Mahomes gets three more Super Bowls and then, you know, in the next five years and keeps going – to finish out those 10 and then another contract after that by the time he gets to 42 like tom brady he may even surpass tom brady and the patriots for super bowl wins yeah it's very very possible that that happens you know because like we mentioned Mahomes is so young and they're going to have the ability to retain talent and the contract is for so long and you could also figure in that maybe mahomes hasn't even hit his prime yet and he's so good now imagine how much better he can be so that's an entirely realistic proposition to see him, you know, get to the level where he's won as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady, perhaps even more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's I almost I don't want to say I'd expect it, but if he stays healthy, he has a clear path to being the greatest player of all time by the time it's all said and done. A very, very clear path to being that player. And what's funny is in twenty eighteen, the year he won MVP, at the end of that year he said that you know, he didn't even know how to read, you know, defenses, even how to, you know, read their books and, you know, make the right reads. He was just out there playing ball. And he came away with the NFL MVP award and 
made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. So this guy is just now coming up in the level of uh, you know, expectations and productivity that he could have in his career. He's just now climbing the mountain. He's not even near the yeah. peak. I saw a, uh, a clip, I think Warren Sharp put it out there, where it showed Mahomes playing in a preseason game where, as we know, when he was a rookie, they had Alex Smith for a year, and he was making incredible plays and uh, rolling to his right and having incredible vision throwing across his body for a touchdown in a preseason game. You know, Mahomes was a beast the second he came into this league. Really, really just an incredible player, and... I feel so bad for the Bears, man. I feel so bad for the Bears. That's a whole different discussion well, as that, far as that's concerned. That was my next point is uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, how do you, how bad do you feel for the Chicago Bears trading up to take Mitchell Trubitsky number two and Patrick Mahomes you know, fell all the way down to where he was drafted? You know, They could have had yeah, Mahomes. I think what, what's happened with that, and it happens in all sports, there is recency bias involved. At the time, Trubisky was the consensus number one quarterback in the draft. Now, we can discuss the merit of whether he should or shouldn't have been at the time <laughs> with Sean Watson having won a national championship and Mahomes having all those physical tools. But at the time, Trubisky was, in every pundit's mind, the number one quarterback in that draft. But man, if the Bears had drafted Watson and Mahomes, they'd have won a Super Bowl by now. No question. Especially the defense they had in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. They, I mean, they got to the playoffs with Trubisky and lost on the double joint, but that team that year with Mahomes or Watson at quarterback, that's a Super Bowl winning team. So on a scale from 1 to 10, how fat do you feel for him? Oh, 11. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so another uh, point I have written down that I want to talk about, and, you know, in the next 10 years, which player do you think could could come up with a contract extension that could uh, could surpass the one we just saw from Patrick Mahomes, if anyone could. So, so I think we have to look a couple of years in the future because you know for Dak's contract and Deshaun Watson's contract will be coming up soon. Uh, the Cowboys really should have paid Dak already by this point, but that's another discussion. But those contracts will be coming up soon, so I'm not sure they'll be that much different than what Mahomes got. I mean, they'll get less than what Mahomes got. But as far as the structure and how it is, um, how it holds long term in the market, I don't think it'll be that much different. So you look into the future and you look at all right. There's Kyler Murray who had a great rookie season, who's going to keep getting better in a dynamic offense. Uh, there's Joe Burrow and there's Tua. As far as um, guys who are drafted this year who won't get that next contract for another four or five years. You know, Lamar Jackson coming up sooner because he'll be coming up in two years for that contract. So I'll be interested to see what Lamar Jackson gets because that's a little bit further in the future than Watson and Prescott. But I think you'd have to look at a contract coming up in the next four to five years. And honestly, if we wanted to look even longer, I think it might be Trevor Lawrence that we see the next monster, monster contract that truly resets the quarterback market. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, looking... You know, I'm already looking forward to next year in the draft and, you know, go ahead and starting on prospects. And Trevor Lawrence, just he's one of the best prospects at quarterback we've seen in a long time, in my opinion. Yeah, since uh, just as a pure prospect, I mean, the best one. I mean, we didn't even see that from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think. And at the time, the, the best quarterback prospect I can think of before Lawrence in recent years is Andrew Luck, you know? Yeah. And I think he's, you know, that level of prospect, which is as good of a quarterback prospect as you can possibly get. And now I think another one, um, you know, just talking about 
quarterbacks in the future who could surpass this contract set by Mahomes. Uh, you know, you said Lamar. I think Lamar has a chance to, but I think the um, the Ravens might be really iffy with a contract with Lamar. From what we've seen from that style of quarterback play and how sustainable it could be, I mean, do you agree with you know that point? Um, I think I would agree with it in the sense that the Ravens are a very smart organization who may not want to. I mean, he's still going to get a massive contract. There's no doubt about it because yeah. he's an incredible elite level quarterback. Um, I know that you're not as high on him as other people are, but, I mean, we can talk about the sustainability of that type of quarterback, but he's an incredible top three quarterback in the league who, if he puts up another season like he did last year, he's going to get on the homes level contract. So, um, or not maybe at the same level, but close to it. Um, but, you know, I don't think they have any qualms because that guy is a franchise quarterback, is an absolute beast. And I think another name that I kind of just want to throw out there, and this is just, you know, it's just, uh, kind of my prediction, but it all depends on how well he shakes out, um, especially next year because we've only seen him for five games. But with Drew Locke and the talent he has around in Denver, I think if he has a chance to take a step and, you know, take that next level next year, he could be a guy we see get a big contract by the end of his rookie year as well. Yeah, I'm not sure what I think of Drew Locke. I think he had some games last year he was impressive. Some games where it was a little, eh. You know, clearly the Broncos seen opportunity surrounding him with a ton of talent, having a fantastic offseason to really be able to give him the tools to show if he is that franchise quarterback. I'm not convinced yet. I mean, it's possible, but I'm not the biggest Drew Lock guy. But we need to see more consistent high-level play out of him before we get to talking about him at that level. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Really interesting also, sorry, just You're one fine. last point. We look at the quarterback class with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and obviously Lamar Jackson. Outside of Lamar Jackson, those are three quarterbacks there. As much as I like Baker Mayfield, those are three quarterbacks who all have pretty significant question marks at this point. So it'll be very interesting to see, depending on their play in the next season, with their fifth-year options, with a big next contract, you know, those three guys are really on the hot seat this season, so it would be very interesting to see this year how they play because that more or less will make or break their fifth-year option and long-term contract hopes with their respective teams. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And that's all the time we have for uh, today's episode. So I want to thank Brad, you know, our salary cap guru and, you know, fan favorite here on the Saw Sports Show. Brad don't know it yet, but everybody loves Brad. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Thanks for yeah, having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we just wanted to, you know, kind of break down for the viewers what this new contract means with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, and the NFL. So, you got any, um, you know, pointers or anything you want to throw out? Some shout-outs or anything that you got going on, Brad? Um, the after the final whistle podcast. Um, after the final whistle with Bradley Clear. Clear spelled K-L-I-E-R. Haven't done an episode in a while, but always be on the lookout for that on Apple Podcasts. Um, and follow me on Twitter at BradClear underscore, clear spelled K-L-I-E-R. And if you aren't already, follow Cole on Twitter at, what's your at, Cole? At Sauce Workshop. That's right. Follow Cole. He's the man. Yeah, so check out my Twitter as well, Sauce Sports Show. And, you know, any other episodes of the Sauce Sports Show, make sure to subscribe for more, more episodes. We'll try to get them out, you know, when we can. And, uh, the website as well, um, which has the link in my bio on Twitter. But yeah, that's all we got for today's episode. So again, thank you, Brad, for joining.
Thanks for having me. Once again, really appreciate it. Yep, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.